0: This is I Am Robert A. Brown Ministries. The following is a recent Sunday morning message given by Pastor Robert Brown. Hallelujah. Luke 4 and 1. I'm reading from the Amplified Version. Let me set this up for you. Hallelujah. Uh, Jesus had just been baptized in the River Jordan. Now, scholars believe there's a lot of reasons for this. Amen. Hallelujah 1. Amen. Uh, He was being baptized or ceremonially cleansed before his public ministry. Hallelujah. As a high priest, amen, or as a a rabbi. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I uh, also, amen, obviously he was being announced to the world as this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Amen. And baptism is a symbol of death and resurrection. Amen. Hallelujah. Dying to one life and you're rising to the next, amen. Now, obviously, Jesus being sinless, amen, did not need to be baptized, amen, but for ceremonial reasons, as for announcement reasons to the world of who he was, amen, he chose to be baptized. And now, after he was baptized, hallelujah, we come to our account in Luke 4 and 1, amen? Amen. So here we go. I'm reading from the Amplified Version, as I said before, amen. Now it reads, Now Jesus, full of and in perfect communication with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness. Now why would the Spirit lead Jesus into the wilderness? Hallelujah is a question we'll answer later. Hallelujah. Verse 2, Hallelujah reads, For 40 days, being tempted by the devil... And he ate nothing during those days. And when they ended, he was hungry. His, his human nature was hungry. Amen. His body was hungry. Hallelujah. I know I've been very hungry after 40-day fast. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Saints of God, hallelujah. This is an account, obviously, of Jesus, amen, being led of the Spirit into the wilderness, amen. Glory to God. To be tempted or tested, to be quite honest, because Jesus can't be tempted. He has no sin nature in him like we do, amen. So he's not drawn by sin. So he's being tested by the devil, amen, for 40 days, hallelujah. Glory to God. Well, brother, pastor, what does all this have to do with us, amen, hallelujah, what i'm about to share with you today amen will rock you to your christian foundation every teaching that you've heard every church experience that you've had amen hallelujah will be challenged today hallelujah about what i'm about to share i have not come up with this on my own but i heard the lord speak this to me over and over again hallelujah in my head amen and he wanted me to share it with you i'm not bringing this to you out of my own accord but this is what the lord wants you to hear today hallelujah i'm not sharing this today to be controversial amen or to upset anybody hallelujah glory to god but i'm sharing with us save the lord to me and I'm sharing as my responsibility as the pastor, Amen, Hallelujah, and then a the minister to share it with you. Amen. So next slide, please. So our message today is, what did Jesus accomplish for us when He fasted for 40 days in the wilderness? What did Jesus accomplish for us when He fasted for 40 days? in the wilderness this is the question God kept asking me what did Jesus why, why did he fast for 40 days and I honestly couldn't answer God so I was trying to think in my head what did he you know why did he do it Hallelujah! I knew he was sinless amen hallelujah so why, why did he need to do it? I, I, I couldn't come up with anything and God finally revealed it to me amen in my time in prayer and I'm going to share that with you today amen so this is a fresh revelation amen i have not heard anybody else preach this amen hallelujah glory to god but it is based on scripture amen hallelujah so let's pray amen we want god's presence to really hallelujah reverberate in this message he's the preacher and the teacher amen father god we come before you in the matchless name of jesus we thank and praise you lord god hallelujah for the opportunity to hear a word from you lord god Father God, this task that you've given me is far, far, far too great for me, Lord God, to deliver. You are the preacher. You are the teacher. Preach today. Teach today like never before. Unveil your truth to us today. Have your way like never before. Bless your people in Jesus' name. Somebody say amen. amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We all know the scripture that God is the same today, yesterday, and forevermore. Amen. No, God does not change. But the Bible is a progressive revelation. In other words, God reveals another aspect about himself through the Bible narrative or the Bible story slowly over thousands of years from genesis amen all the way through the new testament time amen hallelujah god slowly unveils who he is it's not that he changed he just holiday gave us as much as we could handle a little bit at a time for example amen when you're teaching somebody a new uh subject or idea or concept like when we're teaching kindergarteners we don't tell them hallelujah all the difficult stuff first we slowly unveil, hallelujah, the truth of a concept or an idea over time. Amen, hallelujah. They learn their their letters slowly. They learn, hallelujah, how to count slowly. Amen. They learn their colors slowly. And in the same way God dealt with you and I, he dealt with us through the Bible. He progressively shared with us more about himself over time. Paul often talked about a mystery, amen, hallelujah. The mystery was that Hallelujah. The, the Israelites and the Jew, uh, the Israelites and the Gentiles were would be one day one in the church. That was a mystery. That's not something that was revealed in the Old Testament. So believing Jews and believing Gentiles are now the church of Jesus Christ. It was a mystery. It's not something God revealed in Genesis. Amen. It came much later along, much later uh, uh, during the ministry of Paul. So what I'm about to share with you today, amen, hallelujah, I know it's controversial, amen, hallelujah, glory to God, but please give it a chance, amen, hallelujah, to listen listen for the Lord. Don't listen to me. I'm nobody. I'm a vessel. Hallelujah. Listen to the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Next slide, please. What is the significance of the number 40 in the Bible? It says Jesus... Hallelujah, was in the wilderness. He fasted 40 days. Amen. And we have to understand that that's 40 nights as well. Amen. Hallelujah. So the meaning of the number, 40, mentioned 146 times in scripture. The number 40 generally symbolizes a period of testing, trial, or probation. So 40, testing, trial, or probation. It rained 40 days and 40 nights during Noah's flood. Hallelujah. The children of Israel were in the wilderness for 40 years. Moses, on two occasions, went up to Mount Sinai for 40 days. Hallelujah. Jesus, uh, a Elijah ran for 40 days and 40 nights away from Jezebel. Amen. Till God stopped him. Jesus, hallelujah, hallelujah, he fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. And then Jesus, the, uh, the uh, resurrected Jesus, was on earth for 40 days. 40 has significance in the Bible. Testing, trial, or probation. Hallelujah. Next slide, please. Let's look at the word led. It says the spirit led. This word led in the Greek, we're reading from the New Testament, how it is written in Greek, is a word called ago, A-G-O. It means to lead, to bring, carry, guide, or impel. Impel means to drive, force, or urge someone to do something. The spirit was urging Jesus into the wilderness. Hallelujah. And this word spirit is a Greek word pneuma. You may have heard of it before. Pneuma probably means spirit, wind, or breath, or for our purposes here, since it's capitalized, amen, Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit Led Jesus. He impelled him. He urged him into the wilderness. Next slide, please. Wilderness. What is wilderness here? It's eremos in the Greek. Amen. An uncultivated, unpopulated place. A desolate, deserted area. Figuratively, it's barren, solitary place that also provides needed quiet from disturbance. In the strict sense, it expresses a lack of population, not merely sparse vegetation. Amen. So there's sparse vegetation. There's not a a total lack of it, but there's just a little. Amen. This root, Eremos, does not suggest absolute barrenness, but an unappropriated territory affording free range for shepherds and their flocks. So this area at one time was used for shepherds and their flocks flocks. It did have enough vegetation for the flocks. Amen. But generally, it was an unpopulated area. Here's our last definition to start off this message. Amen. It's tempted. Hallelujah. Pirazo in the Greek. Amen. It means to test, to try, which is usual, which is its usual meaning in the ancient Greek. Hallelujah. To tempt, to try or test one's faith, virtue, or character by enticement to sin. Hence, according to the context, equivalent to the equivalent to solicit to sin to tempt of the temptations of the devil amen so jesus was being tempted tested i should say more specifically amen because he can't be tempted by sin he does not have a sin nature like you and i do Hallelujah! he was born of a virgin amen he did not partake of adam's nature amen hallelujah he had the divine nature from birth amen next slide please but what is the purpose of fasting before we get into more specifics about jesus and why he, what he accomplished for us through his fasting, what's the purpose of fasting? There are many churches around the world fasting during January. What's the purpose? Why are they doing it? What are they looking to accomplish? What's happening? Let's deal with it, amen. We're going to go to Psalm 58 and 1. I'm reading from the Amplified Version once again. Psalm 58 and 1. What is the purpose of fasting? Why are these churches fasting during February? Hallelujah. As you're looking, amen, let me admit something to you. I live a fasted life now, only once a day. During a certain period of the day. Am I doing it for religious reasons? Am I trying to be deep? just really trying to, I I just see that my body does not need the calories that I've been putting in with all these years. Amen. I'm overweight. Hallelujah. So, hallelujah, I'm I'm feeding my body less calories. Amen. Hallelujah. That's not something from God. This is a choice that I made. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. So I'm not against fasting. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Because I lived that life. Amen. Lord of God. So what's happening here? There are three theories apart about, about Isaiah 58. One theory is hallelujah from scholars that during this passage what's happening here is the Israelites had kind of strayed from God. They were prosperous in their society. They were doing well, amen, and started to neglect the final points of God and start to abuse people who had less money than them in their society. They would would abuse their brothers and sisters, hallelujah, and put them in debt to them, amen, hallelujah, in their society. Uh, Point number two, or theory number two, amen, is that this was written, amen, to the Jews after they were taken away to Babylon, hallelujah. And in Babylon, hallelujah, they had started fasting again, but still mistreating hallelujah, Jews of lower degree, or Jews of less money, hallelujah, and started to uh, write contracts for them, amen, that would put them in debt, hallelujah, which in the law was illegal, amen, you could not charge, you could not keep your uh, brethren in debt forever, amen, they had a year of jubilee, amen, we would release those that were in debt to you, amen, hallelujah, and certainly you could not charge your brethren interest, that was considered a sin, All right. The third theory here, amen, that scholars speak about concerning Isaiah 58 is that it's speaking of a future time, amen, where Jesus, amen, hallelujah, was speaking to the Pharisees because they would always challenge him, why are you and your disciples not fasting? Hallelujah. Glory to God. So, from these three theories, amen, the basic thing that connects them all is the Israelites, or the Jews, amen. Hallelujah. Veering away from God, but engaging in an activity, amen, to gain God's attention, to to show God how holy they were. And in this case, it was was fasting. All right. So let's listen to the word, hallelujah, from Isaiah here in Isaiah 58.1. I am once again reading from the Amplified Version. Amen. It says, cry aloud and do not hold back. Lift up your voice like a trumpet. And declared to my people their transgression. So here God is inspiring Isaiah with a loud voice, hallelujah, to declare to the Israelites their transgression. And to the house of Jacob, Jacob's just a nickname for Israel, hallelujah, their sins. Isaiah is inspired to show the Israelites, hallelujah, through his words, their sin next slide so hallelujah real quickly amen who is being talked to here who is isaiah prophesying to the jews next slide verse 2 yet they seek me day by day and delight superficially so they're, they're just skin deep amen nothing deep hallelujah to know my ways and if they were in re- reality a nation that has done righteous and has not abandoned or turned away from the ordinance of their God, they ask, me, they ask of me righteous judgments. They delight in nearness to God. So they, wa- they, wanted, they, they wanted to be near to God. Hallelujah. Next slide. What they, were, they, were, they were engaging in activities, amen, that did not show that they really did. Amen. Next slide. Amen. Verse 3. Why have we fasted, they say. So here Isaiah is being used by God, and God's asking a question from, a, from the people's standpoint through Isaiah. Saying, why have we fasted, they say, and you do not see it. So they're saying, God, we're fasting, you don't notice us. You don't see us. What's going on? We're doing it for you. Why have we humbled ourselves? It's the connection between fasting and humbling yourself. And you do not notice that we're trying to gain God's attention through fasting. Hear this, O Israel, on the day of your fast, when you should be grieving for your sins. There's a connection between fasting and grieving for your sins. You find something you desire to do and you force your hired servants to work instead of stopping all work as the Lord teaches. Here, God's making a reference that they are not being good, uh, I want to say, bosses to their servants word fasted amen at the bottom of my screen here for those of you looking online amen you can see it's a, hallelujah, it's a Hebrew word since we're in the Old Testament it's, it's called tzum, And it means to abstain from food to cover over the mouth amen and in this amplified version it used the word humble but in the King James version it says afflicted hallelujah they were afflicting their souls it says in the King James version amen it's a uh, Hebrew word as well it is anah to be bowed down, to obey self, to chasten self, to deal hardly with, humble self, submit self. Amen. Hallelujah. So, when they're fasting, they're punishing themselves. There's a connection between fasting and punishing yourself. How are you punishing yourself? You're not eating any food. It's a punishment of self. It is a Grieving for your sins. Next slide, please. Verse 4. The facts are that you fast only for strife and brawling or fighting to strike with the fist of wickedness. You do not fast as you do today to make your voice heard on high. In other words, God's calling them for their phoniness. Strife, amen, is angry or bitter disagreements over uh, uh, fundamental issues, amen, hallelujah. You, you, you're doing it, amen, to prove yourself holy in front of other people, hallelujah, glory to God. Next verse, next slide. Is a fast such as this what I have chosen? God's asking a question through Isaiah. A day for a man to humble himself with sorrow in his soul? Is it only to bow down his head like a reed and to make sackcloth and ashes as a bed, pretending to have a repentant heart? So they were engaging in fasting where they were pretending to have a repentant heart. Do you call this a fast and a day pleasing to the Lord? Let me stop here for a second. I can't speak for any of you. I can only speak from my own experiences. Amen. For years as a Christian, I have fasted every January. Amen. Amen. On occasions when it wasn't January, I have done 40-day fast. And my mindset was, I want to get closer to God. I want to punish myself for my sins. I want to show God, hallelujah, that I'm really real for him. And there were other times when I wanted to hold God hostage because I wanted what I wanted. I'm going to fast till you bless me the way I wanna be blessed. And what I was doing, I can't speak for anybody else, was the same thing these Israelites were doing. I was into a transactional Christianity where I felt like if I'd fast, God has to do this. My God, hallelujah. Next slide, please rather is this not the fast which I choose so now God's telling him the type of fast holidays so he rather them do this if anything to undo the bonds of wickedness now this is not what you think the wands of wickedness are literal bonds he's talking about free those people that you have made servants underneath you this is not anything spiritual this is a literal thing Hallelujah. Undo the bonds of wickedness. Now we have fasted thinking. I'm going to fast and undo the bonds of wickedness inside of me. Now this is literal. He's speaking to them to free those people that you've held captive. To tear pieces, to tear, to tear to pieces the ropes of the yoke. The yoke here are contracts that people had signed to be servants underneath these Israelites. We have to read the Bible, amen, with an understanding of the Middle Eastern history of the Israelites. Now, I know me with my mind, my Westerners mind, my American mind, amen. If I read those two things to undo the bonds of wickedness, I'm thinking to free me from bondage. I'm also looking, amen, to tear to pieces the ropes of yoke, how they to free me from the yoke of the devil. Now, these are talking about literal things that these Israelites were doing, to less fortunate Israelites that serve them, to let the oppressed go free and break apart every enslaving yoke. He said, this is the fast I'm calling for. Set those people you're taking advantage of free. Next slide, next verse, verse seven. Is it not to divide your bread with the hungry? So feed these people that you're freeing. And bring the homeless poor into the house. Hallelujah. Give these people a the place to live that you've taken advantage of. When you see the naked that you cover him. Clothe them. And not to hide yourself from the needs of your own flesh and blood. These people were Israelites like them. It's just that you had the religious leaders. The rich. Amen. Who were taking advantage of the poor. Next slide. Verse eight. Then your light will break out like the dawn. Then you let your light so shine before men. When you do things that are in line with what my wishes are for you, and your healing, restoration, and new life, you'll be living new now that you're treating your brethren well. Will quickly spring forth. Your righteousness will go before you. Amen. Hallelujah. In other words, you do it, now. You're doing righteous things by treating your brethren right. Hallelujah. Leading you to peace and prosperity. The glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. This is a reference, amen, to the pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night. Amen. That was the rear guard for the Israelites, hallelujah, between them and the Egyptians. Their protection. So what, what am I saying with all this, amen? God was rebuking whether it was the Israelites, amen, hallelujah, before they were carried off to Babylon, the, uh, the Jews more specifically, hallelujah, or a reference to when they were in Babylon and mistreating those that were less fortunate, amen, or the Pharisees of Jesus' day, amen. What God is using Isaiah here today to do is to rebuke, hallelujah, the, those Israelites, amen, that were mistreating your brethren, but thinking that fasting could make up for it. Next slide, please. So based on what we just read, amen, based on this passage of scripture, Isaiah 58, 2 and 7, the purpose of fasting can be looked at two ways. So what I'm about to read to you is based on what we just read. Before we gain an overall understanding of any religious act, including fasting, we must understand that we live in a fallen world. There was no fasting in the Garden of Eden. God made a garden full of beautiful food on trees man chose to eat the tree he was prohibited from or disobey God hallelujah and then things and then God expelled them from the garden essentially causing them to fast fasting came after the fall is what I'm telling you it's a result of the fall what did Jesus call himself? I am the bread of life. Which denotes eating or taking in or receiving. Hallelujah. Man fell because he ate the wrong thing. God set the bread that we might eat again from the tree of life. Hallelujah. Being Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Before Christ finished work at the cross, it was necessary for certain religious acts to be done in attempt to gain God's approval. Before Christ, it was necessary to engage in certain religious acts, hallelujah, in an attempt to gain God's approval. Saints, I can only speak for me. There were many years, even after being ordained, I was attempting to gain God's approval through my January fast, or through my random fast throughout the year. I was trying to get God's approval, attention, and trying to make him do what I wanted. God, I want this house, I'ma fast for three days. Hallelujah, glory to God. With that said, let's take a look at the two points of view on fasting, amen. Next slide, please. Hallelujah, point number one, to seek God, to know his ways, to delight in nearness to him, to gain God's attention to humble yourself to grieve for your sins to punish yourself before God all that's based on Isaiah 58:2-3 this is not something i made up this is in the scriptures all this has been drawn from scripture Isaiah 58:2 and 3 all everything that god said through isaiah amen point number 2 amen hallelujah to do the right thing by those we have mistreated to use the money and or food we would have spent or eaten and feed the poor with it to clothe those in need and to be material blessing to the needs of those in your family or those that you're related to all right this is based on Isaiah 58:5 through 7 amen hallelujah so let me read that again for you amen so based on Isaiah 58:2 and 3 it's to seek God to know his ways to delight in nearness to him to gain God's attention To humble yourself, to grieve for your sins, to punish yourself before God. I can relate to everything in number one. I've done everything in number one. I've done it all for years. Number two, to do the right thing by those who have, who have mistreated you. I've not done that, amen, with fasting. To use the money and or food we would have spent eating and feed the poor with it. I've not done that, hallelujah. To clothe those in need and to be material blessing to the needs of those in your family or related to you. I've not done. Th- I've done those things, but not based on fasting. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Next slide, please. We states we need to know that Jesus was afflicted for our souls. Amen. One of the reasons for fasting, amen, was to afflict your soul, to punish yourself. Hallelujah. But Jesus was afflicted for our souls. Amen. Next slide. Isaiah 53 and 5, Amplified Version. We staying in the same book. Amen. See how Jesus was afflicted for us. Amen. But he was wounded for our transgression. He was crushed for our wickedness. Our sin, our injustice, our wrongdoing, the punishment required for our well-being fell on him. And by his stripes, his wounds, we are healed. So what I was doing to punish myself, to pay for my sins, Jesus had already been prophesied to do and had did. So that took away one of my reasons. I don't need to punish myself through fasting. Next slide, please. Jesus took our sins and declared us righteous. Next slide. 2 Corinthians 5, 21. He made Christ who knew no sin judicially to be sin on our behalf so that in him we would become the righteousness of God. I don't know if you know this, but regardless of how you feel about yourself or what you say over yourself, if you are saved and in Christ, you are the righteousness of God. Let me let that sink in. Each one of you here, and those of you that are saved online, you are the righteousness of God legally. I know that all your behaviors are not righteous. Neither are mine. But legally... You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. That is, we would be made acceptable to him and placed in a right relationship with him by his gracious, loving kindness. So that which I was doing through fasting to gain God's approval, I got it through Jesus Christ. Matter of fact, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And even if the devil himself had told me that I wasn't, amen, it would not be true. I believe God. So another reason to take away my fasting, I don't need to gain God's approval. I have it through Jesus Christ. Next slide. As a Christian, we are accepted by Father God because of Christ, his beloved son. As a Christian, we are already accepted. Anybody feel that you're not accepted by God? You can just be honest. I've not always felt accepted by God. Matter of fact, when I went and moved away to Texas, amen, I thought he was trying to kill me. I thought he hated me. I thought he was trying to destroy my life. I'm being serious. I thought God was mad at me and was trying to every day punish me for some reason. God corrects. God disciplines, but God doesn't. He, he does punish, but he punishes the sinner. He does not punish the saint. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's look. Amen. Next slide. This is Paul speaking. This is a part of his opening, amen, in the book of Ephesians. It's Ephesians 1 and 6, amen. Hallelujah. I'm reading from the King James Version with this one. It says, to the praise of the glory of his grace. So he's praising God for his grace. Wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved. I used this scripture a few weeks ago. We are accepted in the beloved. What does that mean, amen? Real quick, that word accepted in the Greek, amen, is e etuo. And it means highly favored because receptive to God's grace. Amen. That takes another of my reasons. Amen. I wanted to be accepted by God. Hallelujah. I wanted to be favored by God. So I felt like if I punished myself for my sins. Amen. If I acknowledged my sins before him and showed him how sorry I was for the wrong I did by turning over my plate for 40 days. Amen. Hallelujah. I would be accepted. But here, amen, Paul's telling us that in Christ We are accepted. Hallelujah. He said, this is my beloved son in whom I will. Please, beloved, amen. It's a nickname for Christ. I am accepted. You are accepted as a Christian. You don't need to gain God's acceptance. You have it. How much does God love you? He sent his son to die in your place. That's a lot of love. That wasn't a light thing. We didn't deserve it, but he sent his son to die for us. That's the greatest, greatest greater love had no man than this, that he laid down his life for his friends. Christ Jesus laid, laid down his life for you and I. Hallelujah. Please have an open heart. Amen. Hallelujah to what I'm saying today through the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hallelujah. Next slide. God, because of Christ, does not remember our sins. So why did I need to turn over my plate to remind God of all I did? And to, to, to really pour out, oh God, I'm a sinner, I'm no good, I'm this, I'm that. Next slide. Hebrews 8 and 12. This is the, the clause of the New Testament. This is the theme of the New Testament. For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness. God wants to be merciful to our unrighteous acts and state of being. And their sins, we know what sins are, falling short of the mark, not doing the right thing and iniquities, iniquities are willful decisions that we knew were wrong, yet we did them anyway. He said, I won't remember your unrighteousness. I won't remember you falling short of the mark. I won't remember the times that you willfully chose to disobey me when you knew better. I will remember them no more. We are so rooted in the Old Testament understanding of the Bible. We don't understand what Jesus accomplished for us at the cross. The Old Covenant was an agreement between God and the Israelites, not God and the church. The Old Testament is descriptive but not prescriptive. The value we get in it is to see Christ in it. Christ moving throughout the millennium all the way up to the New Testament where he becomes flesh and dwells amongst us. I was so mixed up. And this is my testimony today. This is not to beat anybody up. This is my testimony. That during my fast, I would pour out my unrighteousness. My sins, I would bring to remembrance, God, all my iniquities. I would beat myself up, amen. In the Old Testament, amen, they would put on sackcloth, which was a real scratchy, itchy type of material. They put it around their lying area. And they would pour ashes on their head. That was like the ashes from their burnt offerings on their head. To show God how sorry I am. But God doesn't remember that stuff unless we remind him. Next slide, please. The Spirit of Christ lives inside every true Christian. If you are a Christian, I'm not talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That's a different teaching. The Spirit of Christ lives in each one of us. It lives in you. If you are a true Christian, the Spirit of Christ lives in you. Why is this important? Next slide. Romans 8 and 9. Do you have that? Amen. Hallelujah. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. There's a capital Spirit again. Amen. Meaning the Holy Spirit. If so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. So it's telling us the Spirit of God dwells in us. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ... Still talking about the Holy Spirit. He's referred to as the Spirit of Christ. He is none of his. This this is Paul speaking. Amen. Hallelujah. The the, the gist of all the scripture, amen, is that the Spirit of Christ, the Holy Spirit, lives inside the believer. If it did not, you are not a Christian. It takes place at the new birth. Jesus said you must be born again to Nicodemus or born from above. Hallelujah. Nicodemus was looking at it through the flesh. How can I be born again? He's speaking of his spirit. Amen. Hallelujah. Where well, the spirit of God dwells inside of you. Amen. It takes resident in your human spirit, and your human spirit becomes alive again. Why is this important? We need to stop seeing God as being up there, which Father God is, and Jesus sits on his right hand. God lives inside of you. There should be an intimacy. Amen. Excuse me, saints. I got excited. Hallelujah. To get a closeness to God, he lives inside of me. I'm a new creature. All things are passed away. Old covenant passed away. Behold, all things become new. I'm a new type of being. You are a new type of being where the spirit of God lives inside of you. I don't need to reach up to heaven. He lives inside me. Oh Lord, I seek thy face. I, I reach up to, to heaven to try. No, he lives inside you. And these are things I did for years. Trying to seek God's approval, trying to get a closeness to God when he lives inside me already. Woo, God. Next slide, hallelujah. Let me make a point here. As Christians, we must understand what Christ accomplished for us at the cross. We are no longer looking to earn God's attention or approval like the Israelites of Isaiah 58. We're not looking to gain his approval. We already have it. Christ suffered and died to take upon himself the punishment for our sins and offered us salvation approval if we embrace his sacrifice as sufficient. Do you believe that his sacrifice was sufficient at the cross? Either you do or you don't. Payment to God for our sins. When I'm it, when I used to beat myself up to punish myself for my sins, I didn't see it as sufficient. I was still saved. I was still going to heaven. But my mindset was that it was not sufficient. Next slide. Why did the sinless Christ fast for 40 days? Now we're going to get to the crux of why we're here. Why did the sinless Christ fast for 40 days? And what did he accomplish? For you and for I. My God. This is our last passage of scripture here. Amen. Luke 4 and 3. Going back to Luke. I'm reading from the Amplified Version. Hallelujah. Pastor, you're getting on my nerves. Okay. <laughs> you speaking of heresy. Okay. i trying to show you Jesus Christ and what he accomplished for us. We have long standing traditions and we don't know why we're doing it or we're doing it for the wrong reasons. Let me speak for myself. This, what I, this is my experience. This is my testimony. This is what I've been through. This is the, th- the decisions I've made. These are the choices I've done. These are the things I've engaged in. And God in leading me to a better understanding has opened up these scriptures to me. Luke 4 and 3, Amplified Version. Then the devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, just like he came to Eve and Adam was nearby, the devil came to the Son of God. He tried to make Jesus question whether he was the Son of God. He tries to question us. Are you saved? Are you holy? Are you righteous? Are you righteous? better beat yourself up. God won't accept you unless you beat yourself up. So here's point number one. Why did he go to the wilderness to be tested of the devil? Or the devil wanted to question him. Was he the son of God? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Listen. Jesus was like fine gold. And gold goes through a refining process. But it proves itself gold on the other side of the refining process. Amen. How he had to show himself before the devil in the world that he was the true Christ. He says, command this stone to turn into bread. He knew he had to be hungry. So he started messing with his flesh. And Jesus, all he had to do is speak the word and they would have literally turned to bread. I think this is a reference to the Garden of Eden as well. Why, why would he say bread? Because the devil knew that bread was on the tree of life. That's between you and God. That's between you and your studies. Whatever you believe the tree of life had on it, amen. That's between y'all. Hallelujah. In my studies, this is what I found it to be. Hallelujah. I won't make a big point about that. Amen. Next slide. Hallelujah. Lord God. Luke 4 4, amplified version. Jesus replied to him, It is written and forever remains written, man shall not live by bread alone. Hallelujah. Jesus is quoting from Deuteronomy 8 and 3 here. Amen. From the commentary of John Gill, uh, it talks about the bread here. But either of the word of God's power by which he upholds and sustains all things in being, which he has created and with which he could if he would support the bodies of men without the use of any sort of food as the bodies of Moses and Elijah and now the body of Christ were for many days and as the bodies of the saints will be after the resurrection to all eternity amen in other words what John Gill is saying here amen hallelujah he's not he says man should not live by bread alone he'll eventually go on to say but by every word of uh in another scripture I think in Matthew it says but uh by the word of God He's saying that the word of God, what Jesus is really saying here is at the word of God, we will, I am sustained. In our resurrected bodies, we won't be surviving because we eat food. It will be surviving because God just wants it to be that way. We will eat. So Jesus ate, amen, fish with his disciples after he was resurrected. What he didn't need to eat. Amen. It will be for enjoyment. It will not be for sustaining life. God's word will sustain us. Hallelujah. His literal word, his rhema word will sustain us. That's what John Gill is saying here. And that's what Jesus was saying. Amen. Hallelujah. So man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. All right. Next slide. And this is let me go back real quick. Hallelujah. This is how Adam should have responded to the devil. He should have jumped in there with the conversation between Eve and the devil. Amen. And told him what God told him, told the devil what he was told by God. Jesus is doing what Adam should have done. He's overturning with the failure of Adam. All right, on to slide number hallelujah, Luke 4 and 5. Then he led Jesus up to a high mountain. Now, some believe th- this didn't actually happen. I take the Bible literally. It did happen and display before him all the kingdoms on the inhabited earth and their magnificence and magnificence in a twinkling of an eye. I believe this be a true account. Amen. Hallelujah. Next slide. Hallelujah. Verse 6. And the devil said to him, I will give you all this realm and its glory, its power, its renown, because it has been handed over to me. Who handed over the kingdoms of the world to to the devil? Adam, not God. Adam. Adam. Jesus was here overturning what Adam had failed at. Because it has been handed over to me, and I will give it to whomever I wish. It's mm. try to seduce Christ here. It's like, listen, buddy, I'm God. You can't give me what I made. Yeah. Next slide. Verse 7. Therefore, if you worship before me, and this is what he looks for. True angels don't look for worship. We see that in the book of Revelation when John tried to worship that angel. He said, no, I'm a servant like you. But the fallen angel like Satan, amen, hallelujah, is looking for worship. He wants to be God. He's, try, he's trying to get God to worship him. Amen. Jesus being God. It will be all yours. Next slide. Jesus replied to him, It is written, forever remains written, you shall worship the Lord your God and serve him only, and serve only him. Hallelujah, Jesus is here quoting from Deuteronomy 6 and 13. Amen. He's like, listen, buddy, I'm not going to worship you, you're going to worship me. Hallelujah. Next slide. Verse 9 says, Then then he led Jesus to Jerusalem and had him stand on the pinnacle, highest point of the temple, and said mockingly to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here. He's trying to get himself to kill himself before his time. Instead of being crucifixion, kill yourself. Next slide. For it is written, this is, for it is written forever, uh, this is, uh, this is Satan still talking. For it is written and forever remains written, he will command his angels concerning you to guard and protect you. He's quoting from Psalm ninety-one, eleven here. Next slide. And they, shall, they will lift you up on their hands so that, you don't, so that you do not strike your foot against the stone. So here he is quoting from Scripture, but he's using it for his own purposes. He's not using it as God had intended. Amen. Because that verse 13 goes on to talk about the Messiah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. But he left that part out. Hallelujah. Next slide, please. That's what. Jesus replied to him, it is said in scripture, you shall not tempt the Lord your God to prove himself to you. Jesus is quoting here from Deuteronomy 6.16. Amen. In other words, he, he knew he was God. Don't tempt me. Mm-hmm. I can't be tempted. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. Next slide. Hallelujah. Verse 13. And when the devil had finished every temptation, he temporarily left him until a more opportune time. He could find no inroad in Jesus. Mm -hmm. Jesus not having a sin nature could not be tempted by the devil. There was nothing in him for the temptation to lock onto, like you and I. Mm -hmm. Pastor Brown can be tempted. Don't look at me as being someone not human. I am human. I can be tempted. You can be tempted if you're going to be honest with yourself. Amen. We have a sin nature in us. Jesus could not. That's why he was the second Adam. Amen. To start this thing over again. Hallelujah. So let's get to what we really want to answer the question here. Why did Jesus fast for 40 days? Let's go to uh, hallelujah. Our next slide, Asa. Conclusion. Jesus being the God man, the second Adam, entered the wilderness, the antithesis of the Garden of Eden. The Garden of Eden was lush. Had a lot of trees, a lot of food. The wilderness was barren. Had sparse vegetation. Had his soul afflicted. He fasted. Humbled himself. Overcame the testing of Satan. Satan couldn't find any inroads in him. Proceeded from the experience to public ministry. Let me say this to the preachers, amen, especially online, amen, hallelujah. You must go through a testing before you're ready for public ministry. Well, God knows my heart. Yeah, he does know your heart. That's why he's sending you through testing. Heart's desperately wicked. Who could know it? You may not know your own heart, what's inside. Hallelujah. You must go through testing. God must allow you to go through and be refined. You are gold, but you must be refined to be ready for public ministry. Because when that pretty girl or the pretty guy comes, amen, what you going to do? When that money is there, amen, that you got to be responsible before and you're over the, the church's funds, amen, hallelujah, and you coming up short, amen, paying your bills, what are you going to do? Oh, I'm just going to borrow it a little bit and then I'll put it back when I have it. No, 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 it's not your money. When people are treating you like you're better than them because you're a preacher, amen, will you walk in that pride and have them worship you? Or will you let them know that you're just a servant and you're there to serve? So we, as preachers, and even as Christians, you will be refined through testing. Let me get back here. What this passage of Scripture tells us is that Jesus overturned the failure of Adam in the garden, suffered testing on mankind's behalf, and proved himself the true Messiah, Christ Savior, that now represents mankind on the right hand of Father God. He fasted for you and I. To overturn the failure of Adam. In a wilderness as opposed to the garden. The wilderness is a result of the fall. What I'm about to say is purely speculative, amen. And you can research yourself, amen. But I believe he was in the exact location of the garden of Eden. But now it was a sparse wilderness instead of a lush garden. Now it was uninhabited. Instead of the temple of God. Well now it was that he was there. God was there. Re-inhabiting the garden. In conclusion. Jesus fasted. Was afflicted. So that. And 40 days means testing. Testing. Are you the son of God? So that we would not have to. After the same manner fasting or afflicting our soul putting ashes on our heads and sackcloth on our bodies will not gain us father God's attention or approval father God is well pleased with his beloved son as well as with those that have accepted and are legally in his son Jesus Christ as Christians, we are not required to fast. Uh-oh, send the darts my way. I'll put up the sheer of the faith. We're not required to punish ourselves for our sins, to remind ourselves about our sins, to beat ourselves up by denying ourselves food For our sins we are to gain God's attention to gain God's approval that was accomplished by Christ at the cross and here in the wilderness God uh, God in Christ overturned the sins of Adam fasting is a reality in a fallen world with fallen people we are no longer fallen we are in the world but we're not of the world but here's the caveat, because some of y'all are mad at me. But if we choose to, so I don't care whether you do or don't. I'll share with you that I live a fasted life. So it may come off hypocritical. It's just what I choose to do. I don't have to do it to gain God's approval. Let it be to spend uninterrupted time with God, share food with the less fortunate, so take the, the food that you would have eaten on your own, give it to somebody else that's less fortunate, and to be generous to others that we don't know, that don't know the blessings of being a follower of Jesus Christ. So brother pastor, why don't we fasting in January like every other church? Amen. Our reasons, for, my reasons for fasting in the past don't exist with my understanding of what Jesus accomplished for me at the cross. If you choose to fast, Okay. Nothing wrong with it, as long as you have the right perspective. Don't do it to gain God's approval. Do it because you want uninterrupted time with him. You don't want to be uh, distracted by eating. Do it, hallelujah, because you just enjoy it. You just enjoy, hallelujah, just time with the Lord. But don't do it thinking you're gaining God's approval. Because we got that through Christ. Christ. Every church thinks they're going to come out the fast. We're going to be more spiritual after we come out. What does an immaterial God care about you not eating physical food? God is a spirit. What does he care? Why did he care in the Old Testament? Because he wanted people to acknowledge their sin. And they acknowledged it, amen, through turning over their plate. My God, hallelujah. Let me leave you with the scripture and I'm done. And You're going to make a description whatever you want to make. Mark 2, 19. You can turn there. You can listen. Pharisees were asking him, why don't you and your disciples fast? And Jesus said unto them, can the children of the bride chamber fast while the bridegroom is with them? As long as they have the bridegroom with them, they can not fast. Where does Jesus live right now? Inside of us by way of the Holy Spirit. If you think he's far from you, yeah, I would fast. Listen, as adults, you can do what you want to do. I'm not your judge. I don't have a heaven and hell to put anybody in. I really don't care what you do with your personal time because it's your personal time. It's none of my business. But what I am showing us here today by way of the Holy Spirit is what Jesus accomplished for us. And we don't need to accomplish it for ourselves through fasting. You want to fast? Go on ahead. I am, but for different reasons, with a different perspective, with a different understanding. Hallelujah. I feel better. I feel good. I feel healthy. have the occasional headache. <laughs> Tells me I need to drink more water. Hallelujah. Glory to God. But I'm not doing it to gain God's approval. I'm not doing it for, to, to manipulate God like I used to. I'm not doing it to become more spiritual. I and you are in Christ. We are accepted in the beloved. We are highly favored in the beloved i don't need to do anything to be highly favored jesus did it for me jesus did it for you so there's pastor brown with that fasting thing again listen do what you want to do i respect you all god bless you god loves you you, t- you guys online i love you god bless you hallelujah my encouragement to you is to know that you accepted you are loved How do you know you love? Jesus died for you. That was the greatest act of love mankind has ever known. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. What did he accomplish for us? Amen. He overturned what Adam failed to do in the garden. And in this barren garden, amen, hallelujah, that was now sparse wilderness, Jesus overturned. He showed himself to be God. To be the second Adam, to be the one that's turning it around for mankind. Now man has, as a man on the right hand of God, his name is Jesus Christ. The God-man is on the right hand of God interceding on our behalf. We have an advocate with the Father through Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. What did Jesus accomplish at the cross? Uh, what did Jesus accomplish? When he fasted for 40 days, he turned around the sin of Adam. I'm done. Somebody say hallelujah. 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 I really mean it, y'all. Do what you, if that's what you enjoy doing, keep doing it. Keep doing it. But have a different perspective. Have a more, you've been presented with an argument through Scripture of all that Jesus accomplished for us that we don't need to accomplish for ourselves. Amen? Amen. It's your custom. That's what your bishop taught you. That's what your former pastor taught you to do this, to be more spiritual. Amen. I understand because I used to do it, but now with a better understanding at this stage in my life, with a better grip of scripture, I understand that I am accepted in the beloved. Hallelujah. And Jesus, when he didn't have to fast for sins, Why would he do it if he didn't have to? He did it for our behalf. He did it for you and I. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And then God ministers, not in this version, but then God sent angels to minister to him and bring him food when he was done. Hallelujah. Friends, if you were impacted by this message about Jesus Christ and want to receive his love and forgiveness, Say these words with me. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Please forgive me of all sins, transgressions, and iniquities. I believe you died to pay the penalty for all my sins, past, present, and future. I believe you rose from the dead as the evidence that Father God accepted your sacrifice for my sins. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Friends, if you said that prayer sincerely, you are saved and one day. Going to heaven. So God bless you, God loves you, and go on with the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Joining us at I Am Robert A. Brown Ministries. We hope the message blessed you and unveiled the love of Christ to you in a greater way. God bless.